This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest is Mark Bowden, author of 15 books, including Black Hawk Down. His newest book is the co-authored The Steel, the attempt to overturn the 2020 election and the people who stopped it. Mark is Zooming with me today from his home in Philadelphia. Mark, welcome back to Book Talk. Thank you, Diane. Your book offers a week-by-week account, state-by-state effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election. You focused on the 64 days between Election Day, November 3rd, and January 6th. Who are the people in the states you wrote about? What we wanted to do, Diane, was get away from telling the story in Washington and in the you know, the White House and the people around Trump, because this was a story that played out over the six swing states throughout the country. And so what we needed to do was locate the people who were battling on both sides, the activists who were trying to overturn the election and the local elected officials, the local election officials, uh, sometimes election workers, whose job it was to conduct this election and who found themselves on both sides, you know, sort of on the front lines of this struggle over two to three months. Why is it so hard to have election fraud? It's extremely difficult on a large scale because elections in America are not run out of a building in Washington, D.C. or by a central computer They're run, Diane, in every neighborhood and community in America by your neighbors and my neighbors. So there are literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, many of them volunteers, uh, those who are being paid, like in some cases, local elected officials, you know, being paid very little. Uh, So it's mostly an effort, an example of civic volunteerism. Uh, people step up because they believe in the system and they believe in running elections. So it has been possible in certain places. And the Heritage Foundation keeps a record, which you can find online, of instances of fraud over the past 50 years. But they all involve very small changes of a handful of votes, maybe enough in some instances to affect a school board election in a in a local community, but certainly nothing on the scale that could alter a statewide or a nationwide election. And of course, what was being alleged in 2020 was that millions of votes had been switched. So how how you would get all of these individuals in all these communities all over America to all be number one, dishonest, and number two, agree to cooperate in some way, it just defies credulity. Who are some of the unsung heroes in your book? Well, there are a lot of them. You know, in, let's say, in Maricopa County, Arizona, Clint Hickman, who's a central character in the book, is the president of the Board of Supervisors. Maricopa County is Phoenix in the surrounding area. So that represents 90% or more of all the votes collected in Arizona. So Clint Hickman was a, is a lifelong Republican and was a Trump supporter. Uh, So he was extremely disappointed and surprised at the end of the election day when Arizona was called for uh, Joe Biden. It hadn't happened in in a national election in a long time, so he was shocked by it. But he wasn't all that surprised because he knew there were reasons why that could be happening. 
But then he was even more shocked an hour or two later when Donald Trump came on TV and specifically named Maricopa County as a county that had run a fraudulent election. Hickman was responsible for running the election in his community. He knew that it had been done honestly, and he knew it wasn't fraudulent. And here was his candidate, who he supported, basically accusing him of running a fraudulent election. So he refused to knuckle under. I mean, and he, like many others around the country, whose very integrity was called into question, refused to be bullied or cajoled into falsifying the results of the election. It wasn't just the judges in the 61 lawsuits who made their decisions against Trump's claims based on the law, but also the election workers at many levels in the states, like you pointed out, regardless of their party affiliations. Why then do Republicans, most Republicans, consistently in polls say the 2020 election was fraudulent? I think the main reason, Diane, is that they're disappointed. Uh, You know, if you were to have gone back and polled Democrats in 2016 after Hillary Clinton lost to Trump, there were a lot of extremely disappointed Democrats, many of whom blamed the system. Now, in, in Clinton's case, she actually had won the popular vote. So you didn't hear people saying that the vote itself was fraudulent. So what they criticized was the electoral college system. And you heard a lot of Democrats saying that it wasn't fair, that she was the rightful president, that Trump wasn't the rightful president. So in 2020, you know, Trump lost by a large margin, both in the Electoral College and in the popular vote. So the only, you know, outlet for people who were disappointed by the outcome was to join with him in claiming that the election had been stolen and was fraudulent. So I think they believe it because they want to believe it. What is the blunderbuss strategy and who used it? Well, the blunderbuss strategy is my analogy for Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump and what what they were attempting to do. The blunderbuss, of course, is a colonial era weapon. It's an early version of the shotgun. And you could load anything into a blunderbuss. You could put stones or bits of glass. And it blasted a terrific amount of shot, but it wasn't accurate at all. So what what Giuliani and Trump were doing is encouraging people to come up with claims of fraud. And so they got a lot of them. And all of them were readily disproved. Some of them were just downright silly. Everything from a woman in uh, in Arizona who said she thought she saw the signature of Satan in the electric electronic voting spreadsheets that came out. They weren't particularly interested in whether these allegations were true or whether they could prove them. They just wanted a lot of them. And for that reason, you know, they just wanted to blast so many accusations of fraud that reasonable people would begin to think, well, maybe there was something wrong with the election because there's so many allegations of fraud. You dedicate your book to the real patriots. Who are they? To my mind, the real patriots are the people who were put under tremendous pressure to falsify the election or to refuse to certify the election results. And those were local officials like Clint Hickman, like the chairman of the Republican Party in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, Ron Bishop, uh, Aaron Vandeveld, who was a member uh, of the election commission in Michigan, who refused to cast his vote to deny the, the election results to Brent 
uh, Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, who we've all heard that long hectoring phone call to Ruby Freeman, who was an African-American woman who had volunteered to work at the polls and who became the subject of a hate-filled campaign online, accusing her of, of falsifying or running this fraudulent effort to count the ballots. She actually had to go into hiding. You know, there were many people involved in this election who came under tremendous pressure, personal and political, and they stood up to it. So to my mind, those are the real patriots. Were the findings that you reported in your book what you expected when this project all began? I didn't really know what to expect, Diane. To be honest, I was one of those who was willing at least to entertain the belief that maybe there had been some massive fraud in the uh, national election. So before I started working on the story, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to find. One of the things that I definitely found was that not a single allegation of fraud held up, which wasn't terribly surprising to me, given who Donald Trump is. Uh, But what did really surprise me were the number of Republicans and the number of Trump supporters who were unwilling sort of to betray their responsibility as elected officials and who took a great deal of pressure abuse for doing the right thing. Uh, That surprised me and actually gave me a sense of pride uh, in the American people who are not as dishonest as Donald Trump would like them to be. Also a sense of optimism, because I think I see better now how hard it would be to somehow falsify a national election in the United States. Thank you. This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest is Mark Bowden, co-author of The Steel, published by Grove Atlantic Press. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed talking to you, Diana.